why vote? This is a question that comes up a lot, especially during an upcoming election cycle. It's basically around this time of the year where you have a slew of politicians and celebrities that tell anybody who can vote that they should go out and vote. But it does beg the question, does your vote really matter? And more specifically for the Muslim community, does it matter? If we take a look at it, out of the roughly 328 million people that live in the United States today, about 3.5 million of them are Muslims. That's roughly 1.1% of the total population. Now, on a numbers game, that can look pretty discouraging at first, especially when you compare it to other minority groups like the Latino community that make up roughly 16% of the total United States population. It kind of makes you think, if we're such a small percentage of the total population, then is it really relevant to go out and vote? The short answer is yes. But to really understand why, we have to talk about swing states. So what are swing states? In order to answer that question, we're going to have to take a look back. Slavery was a deeply divisive issue that had basically set the ideological lines between the emerging Republican Party in the North and the already established Democrats in the South. States generally aligned themselves politically with the parties that generally benefit them the most, and as slavery was the economic backbone of the South, they weren't too keen on giving it up so easily. Although over time, the ideologies of the political parties have shifted, the nature of partisan politics never has. And that's where swing states come in. Swing states exist at a tipping point. Basically, no one swing state has a complete political identity. It's essentially a tug and war between two. And they've been relevant in every major election ever since the Civil War. The emergence of swing states allows the presidential election to be won by a small number of key states. Now, the reason why this is so relevant to the Muslim population in the United States is because although we only make up roughly 1.1% of the total population, Muslims are concentrated in many of the key battleground states, including Florida, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. Unfortunately, out of the 3.5 million American Muslims, 2.5 million are adults that are potentially able to vote. But of those 2.5 million, only 1 million are registered to vote. That means nearly half of the Muslim population that potentially could vote won't. It's hard to deny the social benefits of voting on a societal level. But when it comes to a religious obligation, some Muslims may be hesitant to participate because it seems like something that's outside the religious obligations of Islam. So to get a better idea of what religious obligations Muslims have towards voting, we sat down with Sheikh Ahmed Al-Amin. Sheikh Ahmed has a very unique experience when it comes to voting, not only from an Islamic perspective, but also just being a citizen of various countries on the democratic spectrum. My elections are coming up. And some people are, you know, more apolitical and may say that, like, you know, voting doesn't matter. And there are people in our community who, who um, you know, have this conviction. Um, so what would you say to convince them otherwise about voting? 
So uh, these people, uh, you know, they come from uh, mainly from different perspectives. Either they think they come from countries where uh, their votes didn't matter, and that's why they thought uh, their vote did not matter here in America. Or, you know, like you said, they're a uh, uh, they're a politic. That means they they really care about what they are doing. This business, if it is education, if it is engineering, medical field, they just focus on, and they forget the bigger picture, which is the community uh, or the nation. And uh, the the good part, I, I have seen this uh, diminishing in the Muslim community after the twenty sixteen elections. I have seen a lot of people who have never been interested in, in, in politics, they start being interested in voting and asking about candidates, platforms, and so forth. So we are still not yet where we want it to be, but I really think um, there is awareness that is going on, which takes us to the next, um, uh, to, to the next segment of my answer, which is, you know, creating awareness is very important. Uh, and I always give the example of uh, Bush and Gore in twenty uh, in two thousand the elections. Bush won the election election uh, of Florida by five hundred and thirty seven votes. So this is so thin margin that makes every Muslim think that we are more than five hundred and thirty seven. If five hundred and thirty seven can change the fate of the presidency, I think we can play our role. So your vote does matter because these 537 are individual votes that build. And that's why it's very important as Muslim community, we need to think as a community and as individuals. So our votes should actually affect and, and definitely just like other votes affect. Uh, and the other thing, you know, Muslims think that, oh, we are a, a minority. And that's why I give the example of Bush Gore uh, of 2000 because, you know, we are minority, but we are about 30,000 in Indianapolis or in Indiana or in Indianapolis. So 30,000 really can change uh, the fate of election uh, and, and therefore it will change the course of uh, the nation or the history. Uh, so I, I would tell people, please, your job is just cast the vote, just like everyone is doing, and you will have effect. Yeah, I really liked how you spoke about how, you know, creating awareness is really important, especially with this issue and that, um, you know, it's really important, not as only as individuals, but as a community as well, because, um, you know, collectively we can make a bigger difference. Um, and I was wondering, like, uh, for you, for your, from your personal perspective or background, um, can you relate to some of your own experiences um, to why voting is important? So, uh, first of all, I came from, uh, I was born and raised in Saudi Arabia where there is no vote, there are no votes. Uh, uh, then we came to Niger where there is democracy, but the vote of most people did not matter. To where I came to America where I see people actually can change uh, and can elect someone. So I have experienced where an environment where there is no vote and how we were impacted because every decision was made that controls our fate made for us without even we having a saying. To where a country where that claimed to be democratic, but it, you know, it, it is not really democratic. So coming to America and you know, I, I have absolutely no doubt that it is one of the most freer and uh, fair elections in the world. And now if I can actually have my opinion even if I don't win eventually, or my opinion doesn't win eventually, 
at least it makes me proud to voice my opinion and have saying in what is going on. That itself, in itself, so we don't cast our vote to win. I mean, we hope to win, but the outcome could actually be different. So if we don't win, that doesn't mean our, our vote didn't matter. It did matter. So, the, the, and, and which will actually take me to, I don't know if that's part of our conversation or not, to what Islam says about all this. Because I feel like we should not be passive. We should be active. Not active, we have to be proactive as Muslims. And if the Muslims were not proactive during the time of the Prophet and the companions, Islam would not have reached or have not left Medina or Mecca. But because of their activism, because of their engagement, we are where we are today. So you're, um, I, I personally, I have lived in a, a full autocracy country and a half democracy country and full democracy country. And I saw how much effect an individual can have on the fate of that society. Yeah, before, you know, before we talk about the Islamic perspective, I was wondering, I'd like to hear more about your experience in, you know, a, a fully autocratic uh, versus, a, you know, a Democrat, but not actually Democratic <laughs> country to coming to the U.S. Like, what were your experiences in um, Saudi Arabia and Niger like? Could you so, tell us about that? Yes, uh, you know, I, I tell people I'm from a country where I wasn't, uh, I wasn't born in, and I'm, I'm from, uh, um, I was born in a country where I'm not from, and I'm from a country where probably I've never lived in. So how did that happen? You know, my parents migrated to Saudi Arabia since they were children. And in Saudi Arabia, you could be born there, your ancestor could live in Saudi Arabia, but you can't still be citizen of Saudi Arabia. So this, honestly, I, and again, you know, they can decide whatever they want. But if I had saying in this, trust me, if they had given the immigrants right to vote in Saudi Arabia, the system would, the system could stay. But many day-to-day -day things that affect my, my, my life, my family life, would have changed. And today I have my families in Saudi Arabia where they can, so many of them can't even go to school. Because if you finish high school in Saudi Arabia, you are not eligible to go to college. You are not eligible to work. Only your parents can work. So in this kind of system, and it is an Islamic country, in this kind of system where I don't have saying, I felt I'm, I'm marginalized, not only me, but generations are marginalized. Now, when we come to, the, to, to Niger, which is in West Africa, it, was, uh, it, it claimed to be a democratic country. Where, but, you know, the level of corruption was so high that you know there is no fair and, fair and, 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 and free elections. The one who comes to the election or win the elections, one way or another way, would, would like to stay in election forever, in, in, in power forever. And... That's why I personally, if you're in this kind of countries, I would say your vote doesn't matter at all. And I sincerely think that many people who are in America, the immigrants who think that their vote did not matter, it is from that experience. Because wh whether you vote or you don't vote, the one who will, who's in the power right now will continue being in the power. The same thing the country where my uh, you know, parent, parents are originally from Chad, you know, the election didn't matter because the president is going to win anyway. But we have seen with our naked eyes 
where people actually can change a president just by going and casting your vote. And I tell people, you know, if people bled in order to get this right, I think we should sweat to cast this or to exercise this right. So the only thing we need, you know, people are electing president, not someone, I mean, through uh, electoral college, but at least people have saying, if I don't like the person, the president who's in power, not only president, even the, my congressman or my, 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 my senator, right? My local, my, my local government. If I don't like what I'm saying, I have full right to go and change it or at least voice my opinion about it versus where you cannot even voice your opinion. And that's why I tell people, you have two Vs in America that you don't have them somewhere else or in most parts of the world. Your voice and your vote. If you only exercise, we as Muslims, we exercise these two Vs, trust me, it will have effect. Our voice is not here because we don't speak. We don't, we're not loud. I'm not saying loud, loud, but we need to be bold enough to actually make our voice heard. When the election comes, I'll give you an example. You know, when we meet candidates, we invite candidates to the community and we try to expose the community to actually these candidates and ask them questions and so forth. We see only a handful of people. Where are the rest of the Muslims? I would say either it is lack of awareness, lack of interest, or whatever you want to call it. So we have the platforms. We just have to use them in order to make, to make the change. Yeah, and you know, one thing I was also thinking about was um, how you mentioned that there were only a handful of Muslims, you know, when uh, we invited candidates in the community, but I, I think, you know, I would like to hear your perspective of, you know, why it's important from, you know, in an Islamic perspective, why Muslims should vote in order to, you know, really help other Muslims, you know, come to these kind of events in the future. You know, I, I, first of all, Muslims need to understand that Islam is not only praying and fasting and uh, going to Hajj. Islam, and as it has been repeatedly said, I don't want to make it sound like a cliche, but Islam is a way of life. When we say Islam is a way of life, Islam is in the masjid, Islam is outside of the masjid, Islam is in your school, Islam is in your workplace, in, your market, in the market, in businesses, and everywhere. So that means as Muslims, Islam dictates how we maintain our life, not to micromanage our life, but in order to purify our life and make it as perfect as humanly possible. Now, this means as Muslims, we need to engage Islam, not only in our spirituality, but we need to put Islam in our political life, just like we need to put Islam in our, our economic life. Now, since we are talking about politics, you know, Islam has never separated the religion from politics. When the Prophet ﷺ received the revelation in Mecca, it was a political movement. He actually gave a lecture, the first lecture he gave, it is a political lecture, religious lecture versus political lecture, where he focused on what on the, 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 the core message of Islam which is worshiping Almighty God, and this hence unifying the, the, the Meccan community at that time behind one message, rallying Mecca behind one message. And, you know, we need to clear the concept. You know, we have a negative connotation related to politics. We need to understand what politics is. We don't look, you can't define politics based on some 
um, you know, uh, dirty politics or ba based on some politicians. No, political activity is a way we govern ourselves by ourselves. And, and, and if we understand it that way, Islam has actually, a, you know, a, a big saying in that. We start from the time of the Prophet ﷺ. When the Prophet ﷺ was dying, he had right to choose a successor, but he did not. He could have appointed someone, but he did not. The reason why he wanted to send a strong message to us that we need to be politically active in choosing whoever would lead us. I'm sure anyone who the Prophet had chosen, he would have been a perfect person, but he did not do that. He want us or the companions at that time to deliberate, to discuss, to disagree with one another. There were literally two parties. Then they end up by electing Abu Bakr. So that means political activities are actually integral part of our religion. The other thing, you know, as Muslims, we don't think only about ourselves. We think about our community. We think about our nation. We think about the world. Now, if your role is only being the head of household or taking care of your immediate family or being part of that immediate family, you are getting it wrong. Islam looks at the, the whole city, the whole community as one family. If one, of the, one, one community member is impacted by anything, we should be there for them. And trust me, elections have consequences. And especially these elections are very consequential. So I, I tell people about issue. I'm not, I'm not here to promote one party uh, against another party. I'm here to tell you there are issues that we need to talk about. Healthcare is an issue. It is not only you know, a, a, a white people issue or black people issue or Christian issue. It is Muslim issue. It is everybody's issue. Uh, immigration, most, you know, the, the majority part of the Muslim community are immigrants, first, first generation immigrants. These things that do affect you. Now, if you don't care about all this because your immediate family, family did not get impacted, you are not living as Muslim. Because Allah Azza wa Jalla tells us, Inna Allah la ma hatta ma Indeed, Allah does not change the condition of a nation until they change themselves. So how can I change myself? Is to cast in my vote. We, like I said, we, we, we could be in a society where it is autocratic society where we can't even change, even if you want to change. Even if you want to voice our opinion, we cannot. And Allah is, command, is telling us that you cannot change the society until the society, Allah will not change them until they change themselves. Are we ready to change ourselves or not? The Prophet ﷺ says clearly in a hadith that if you see something that you don't like, change it with your hand. If you can't change it with your hand, change it with your mouth, with your tongue, say something about it. If you can't do that, hate it or dislike it from your heart, which is the weakest iman. Do we want to be the weakest believers or we want to be the strongest believer? Handing, changing with hand, many people think, oh, go physical. No, 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 that's not what it meant. Go, going and casting your vote, it is changing with your hand. It doesn't have to be sword or weapon or anything, right? So this is, this is a mean that Allah Azza wa Jalla gave us and the Prophet Sallallahu showed us in order to change the situation. And concept of, uh, the concept of Al-Amr Bil-Ma'roof Al-Nahi Al-Munkar, it is quintessential part of our religion. Amr Bil-Ma'roof means enjoining what is good and preventing what is bad or what is evil. 
So some people would so simplify this one to where if you see someone is doing something haram, you go and tell them this is haram. No, 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 no. That's not what it meant. What it meant is we need to leave as examples of those who enjoy good in all aspects. If you see someone doing something wrong in a certain way, you guide them, whether it is part of the religion. Haram is not the key word. Changing, it could be advising, it could be uh, issuing a command, uh, voicing your opinion uh, clear enough. These are, you, you have many tools to actually apply the concept of الأمر بالمعروف والنهي عن المنكر. And Allah Azza wa Jalla tells us, "وَلْتَكُمْ مِنْكُمْ أُمَّةٌ يَدْعُونَ إِلَى الْخَيْرِ." There should be group of people amongst you who will call to do good things, and those people, their main responsibility is what is enjoying what is good and preventing what is bad. Can you be among them and just cast your vote? So the, the fact that you go and cast your vote, you are actually applying the concept of what of changing what is uh, evil and or what is not right or what is injustice to what to what is justice like we said the outcome is not your responsibility your responsibility is just doing what it takes to get to the right uh, to the right path last but not least the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said the religion is about advising advising is voicing your opinion about a matter especially when there is injustice when there is oppression when there is something going wrong. So this is about, he summarized the whole religion in guiding people and advising them. And when you cast your vote, this is what you are doing. You are telling people that I don't like the way these things are going. And that is why we need to change the course of what, of, uh, of the thing, of things. Regardless who's in the office, it doesn't matter. So, because we are talking here about concepts. So I just want people to know that I'm worried that if you really don't cast your vote and you can, while you can, you are neglecting your religious obligation. And I'm worried that you will be asked by Allah, when you saw this is going on, why you didn't do anything? Allah is not going to tell you, Allah is not going to ask you about the outcome. He will ask you your effort. As a prophet, Allah tells him, your job is just to deliver the message, is not to, to convey people to, change to convey the message not to convert people not to change people that is not our job our job is putting the effort and trust me if we all put that effort the change will come the change that we desire perhaps one contributing factor as to why muslims aren't as politically engaged is the fact that muslims for a long time have felt outside of the social fabric but this isolationist mentality is really counterproductive and detrimental to the Muslim American population. To get an understanding of why it's so important for Muslims to participate in civil government, we talked to Judge David Shaheed. Judge Shaheed has a rich legal career spanning more than 30 years, including 20 years as a judge in both criminal and civil courts. He has also been involved in interreligious dialogue for more than 20 years. Some people might say, like, voting doesn't really matter, oh, or yeah. they want yeah. to be more apolitical and say, oh, I, I just don't want to engage in politics at all. Um, what, what can you try to tell them to convince them, you know, otherwise that it's uh, an important duty? The, the, when we look around the world, you know, and uh, as Muslims, we, uh, are members of one Ummah, you know, and 
I can say that with confidence because I've made Hajj twice. And um, we really feel the concept of Ummah, our community, when we make Hajj, because Muslims from all over the world uh, come to the holy precincts of Mecca and Medina and, uh, you know, um, and uh, go to Arafat uh, as a part of the Hajj, you know. And so, um, you know, we are part of one Ummah, but one of the things that you recognize when you're there with the multitudes from all over the world, you come to understand that Muslims are treated differently in other parts of the world. For example, uh, uh, I have been pained, you know, really pained by the treatment of the uh, Uyghurs in China, you know, and the repression of the Uyghurs in China just because they're Muslims. So uh, when we, and then also the Rohingya, you know, who are struggling just to have citizenship rights in, uh, you know, Burma or Myanmar. So here we are in America and we have the right to vote and uh, we are kind of apathetic about using it, you know, and this is a way that we can make our voice heard and uh, voting is the way that you know, we can uh, express ourselves and uh, try to change our Muslim life as best as possible. Just that part is, is one part. Now, I've attempted to do more because one of the things about becoming a judge, it gave me the um, position where I could change and influence the life of people. Because every day that you're a judge, <laughs> the people that come into court and so, you know, my name was over the door, you know, Shahid. So, you know, uh, many people, most people, you know, who especially in the court system know that I'm a Muslim. And so when they have questions about Islam, they come to me. If I was not in that position, I would not be able to uh, have a voice where I could, you know, say things uh, or be in a position to uh, influence the lives of people just through doing my job properly, you know, as, as a Muslim. So, you know, uh, so I'm trying to be a balance against, you know, uh, organizations like ISIS or Daesh, you know, um, and, and um, Al-Qaeda, you know, which, you know, uh, which really give a bad picture of Islam. And so we have to try and balance that with uh, good conduct, you know, as uh, practice as presented by um, Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you know, prayers and peace be upon him. So we want to be uh, good representatives of the faith and being an elected official and then urging other Muslims to become elected officials and get involved in government is a way that I feel I can do that. Do you think it's um, different from this year uh, compared oh. to cycles? Yes, well, uh, I don't think it's any um, secret, you know, that um, this is a very divisive time. You know, I grew up in the 60s, and I can remember when there were protests trying to get a civil rights bill passed, which was ultimately passed in 1964. I remember um, growing up 
in segregated neighborhoods. Um, for many young people uh, today, they have no idea what segregated neighborhoods are about. Uh, but there, when I was growing up as a child, you know, and even uh, until uh, basically I finished high school, segregated neighborhoods were more or less accepted, you know, where blacks could only live in certain areas and, and everything else was open to whites. Whites could live anywhere, but blacks, African-Americans could only live in some neighborhoods. Uh, and for your generation, you have no idea what that meant, you know, what that felt like. But for example, I lived about three blocks from an amusement park. It was a big amusement park. It's gone now, but it was, you know, in the Riverside area. And so I think I was six or seven years old. Uh, and so uh, I discovered it, you know, with a friend of mine, and we heard all these kids, you know, yelling and screaming and stuff. And there was a, a roller coaster as a part of this amusement park. But I couldn't go <laughs> because uh, of segregation. You know, uh, we, we, African-Americans couldn't go to Riverside Amusement Park. And so that has changed because of, you know, laws that were changed and there were protests and, 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 and sacrifices made for that. And then there was the Voting Rights Act of 1965. And I remember that being passed because there were parts of the South where uh, African-Americans could not vote because uh, there was voter suppression. Well, there's voter suppression even now. Uh, in this election, because they're trying to suppress uh, Afri the African-Americans, they're trying to suppress the vote of Muslims, they're trying to suppress the votes of, of um, anyone who basically is against white supremacy. White supremacy is okay. And so white supremacy is, is not just uh, trying to uh, marginalize African-Americans, but any brown person, <laughs> any person who is immigrant, uh, any Muslim, they have been targeted, you know, for the last four years. And so uh, I cannot possibly understand how uh, uh, things have become so divisive. But uh, to me, it is a call to arms for those of us who have the vote to get out and make sure that we have uh, elected officials who respect all life, respect all religious choices and faith traditions, uh, all ethnic identities, respect immigrants, you know, and so um, this is an election where we have to decide whether we want officials that respect Muslim life or don't. And so um, to me, that's, uh, you know, this is not an election where you can sit on the sidelines and hope that somebody else is going to make the right choice that makes life better for us. Now, the effort required to bridge the gap between apathy and engagement is a significant one because it's basically requiring everyone who can do their part to step up. Now, there are organizations out there that are basically just trying to do just that. One such organization is Iman, or the Indiana Muslim Advocacy Network. It's a nonpartisan grassroots organization that strives to provide Muslim Hoosiers an educated, organized, and amplified political voice advocating for positive civic and political changes in the state of Indiana. 
Basically, the idea is to help nurture an organized, informed, and engaged Indiana Muslim community with a prominent and influential political voice. Here we talk with Hiba Al-Ami, the executive director of Iman, to basically talk about how to get Muslims involved in civic engagement. You know, Muslims have this mindset that, um, you know, you were talking about how a lot of them don't vote, but you know, it's interesting that when they do have the intention that increases. So, you know, why do you think, um, you know, Muslims don't vote to begin with? Uh, what would you want to encourage others to do in order to change that mentality? Well, I would say that they are um, just like many other minority groups and uh, some groups actually of the mainstream uh, American society who are simply disenfranchised. They no longer believe in the voting process. Um, they lost faith in our elected officials. And they believe that no matter what, change is not going to come. Well, I would say to them that... Um, with the divisive rhetoric and public and political discourse that we are seeing lately, we can't stand still and, and do nothing and, and um, just be bystanders. We can't. Um, and voting is a vehicle for change. It may not happen overnight, but it, it can happen um, over a long period of time, um, we can see the impact um, of our efforts. And I just want to refer to the Latino community and um, how they are organized um, for years now and how they are viewed by elected officials as a voting block. So they now um, seek their vote. So if we don't start voting, we don't start showing elected officials that we are a voting community, um, no one will seek our votes, we'll stay in the shade, we'll never have a seat at the table. Mm -hmm. In short, voting really matters, and it matters for all types of reasons. For the reasons that you hold near and dear to your heart to the ones that affect your community at large so that leads me to my final question i want you to think about something think about the things that you would like to see change in society the things that make you or your community a better place I want you to think about the things that you're passionate about. And I want you to ask yourself, why vote? <laughs>